This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. Welcome to your itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and this is episode number 27. This week, I'm featuring an interview with Darlene Hildebrandt. And a lot of you are probably familiar with Darlene from her frequent appearances on This Week in Photo. And she's also the managing editor of digitalphotographyschool.com. That's kind of a big deal. And um, she is the driving force behind digitalphotomentor.com. And I talked to her a lot about that because there are so it's such a huge resource for photography tips and Photoshop tips. And uh, Darlene teaches workshops, and you can find out all about that on her site as well. And um, she does trips specifically to uh, Nicaragua that involve a little bit of charity work and working with local children. And I was really interested to talk to her about that. I'm sure you'll find that really interesting. I had a crazy week last week. I was in Costa Rica for four days and then went directly from there to Jacksonville, Florida for uh, actually to St. Augustine, Florida for Florida's Birding and Photo Fest and taught a couple classes there and a couple of workshops, and I'm just glad to be at home and holding still for about a week. So one thing that I used on this past trip that for the first time was my global entry card. And this is a thing that you can get uh, as a U.S. citizen. I'm not sure if there are uh, options uh, around the world, but as a U.S. citizen, I filled out some paperwork. They do a background check. They uh, interview me, and now I have a this neat little card so I can use these global entry kiosks when I go to passport control at certain airports like uh, Hartsfield, Atlanta, where I usually fly into. And it saves a lot of time with uh, waiting in line to have your passport checked and all that kind of thing. But the one of the big deals for me was you're also – then uh, TSA pre-checked. So you can go through the shorter lines when you uh, check in on Delta and American Airlines. And I did find out that pre-check is, is airline specific. So if you're pre-check on Delta that and you fly on United, you still have to wait in the line. But uh, the global entry card is $100 and it expires. It's good for five years. And uh, I tell you what, just the time that I saved going in and out of Atlanta, in and out of San Jose, Costa Rica, and in and out of Jacksonville on this trip was that was almost worth a hundred bucks right there. So look into that global entry. Uh, you can also just get pre-checked. You can just sign up for the pre-check. I think it's 75 or $85 for five years. So for 15 or $20 more, you get the, uh, the global entry privileges as well. So if you travel out of the country at all, that might be worth the extra couple of dollars. So without further ado, here's Darlene Hildebrand. Welcome Darlene. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks Rob. Thanks for having me. You bet. So this is a travel photography show and I definitely want to talk about your destination photo workshops, but first I wanted to ask you about your website at digitalphotomentor.com. Sure. Um, I was checking out the site today and I was really blown away by the volume and the variety of the photography information and classes and everything else. Um, I wanted to know, how did you decide to create such a, a huge resource source and how long did it take you to put that together? Ooh, uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I mean, to kind of go back in my history, like I've been doing photography as a professional for over 26 years. And um, I started teaching in 2011, so about four years ago. And it just kind of morphed from a photography site, which, which used to be called Herview Photography. I still have that site for my photography, um, into more of a teaching site because I was moving that direction. And then I realized that I needed to separate the two. So digital photo 
mentor was born a year ago. Um, I've been writing on the site for about three years and the stuff we moved a lot of the articles over from the old site. Um, so my teaching style has evolved, my writing style has evolved and um, I, I've really come to know my readers partly because I teach real classroom classes and the people who are in my classes are very typical of who's reading my site. So I have a pretty good insight of, of what people are struggling with and the questions they ask and um, the problems that they're having. So I try and address that as much as I can in my in my articles and resources. Cool. Yeah. And I know from, from my own experience, like you said, the, the more you teach, the more you realize what you need to teach. Exactly. You start answering questions before people actually ask them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got huge things like the portrait lighting on location class. That's was six hours of, of uh, class for a really you know inexpensive price. That's um, that's a big project, right? That was a massive project. It took us about eight months to complete that. Um, so we're pretty pretty proud of that product. And it's again, it's um, it's a product of um, a class that I teach in the classroom that I worked with a partner, Bruce Clark, and he teaches um, the flash portion. He also does one of the Twip podcasts, the wedding one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, what are the most popular topics on the site? Um, Funny enough, we were actually going through some of our most popular articles the other day, and it was the 25 most um, iconic or most famous photographers Mm -hmm. of of all time. And I just kind of wrote about some of my favorites from history, and it's been the most popular article we've had. Um, Anything composition-related goes really well, because that applies to anybody in any part of their journey, you know, like whether you're dealing with a a phone camera, like a smartphone or um, a point and shoot camera or an SLR or a mirrorless, doesn't matter, you know, composition applies to everybody. So it kind of hits all the notes. Um, Travel has been extremely popular as well. And I've done quite a few articles related to that. So I try and have a really good mix on the site of, of things that are available for free that people can consume, you know, without having to purchase anything and more advanced courses and things that they can purchase if they, if they want more help. Sure. Sure. Have you seen a a change in kind of the trend as far as what people are looking for? You know, was it, has it always been composition or uh, are people moving from one, one thing to another? Uh, composition, I would say the big three are composition, lighting, in particular, you know, using flash and um, processing of some kind. Lightroom has been a huge requested item as well. Sure. Yeah, I've noticed that same thing on my site. The top, usually three of the top five posts on my website at any given time are flash articles that I did, some of them two, three years ago. So Absolutely. Interesting. Okay, well, let's talk travel. So you're leading photography workshops in places like Nicaragua and Cuba. Is that something that you always wanted to do? You said you've been teaching for about four years. Um, Was that was that always on the radar or, or did the travel workshops evolve from your articles and online stuff? Um, the, the, actually it was on the radar for about eight years ago. Um, I went to Peru with a group of eight women and it was a, a magical trip and I was sort of their unofficial a photographer slash assistant on the trip. And I came away from it going, this is what I want to do. I want to take people on tours. And it's taken me literally, you know, seven, well, we've done 
um, we started the tours last year. So I've done two to Nicaragua and two to Cuba now, but it's taken me that long to sort of, you know, build an audience and start teaching. And through the teaching audiences where I found people that were interested in coming on the tours. So it's been a while in coming. And we're actually, as we're speaking, um, discussing a scouting trip to Peru for the fall so that we can add Peru next year and also potentially an Asian trip. We haven't decided where in Asia yet. Probably Vietnam, Cambodia. Nice. Who's we? Um, my husband and I do most of the tours together. So he's my um, non-photographer partner. He does all the stuff on the website. He's my IT and tech guy and um, basically is my assistant for everything we do on the tours. Nice. I can't get my wife to do that at all. <laughs> I, I have to help her with her website. I, I, could, uh, I could use one of those. Um, how did you end up going to uh, Nicaragua? Um, that's a funny story too, because it, it, interesting enough, Peru wasn't even on my radar and it was an opportunity that came up to go with this other lady that was leading this tour, like I said, as her sort of assistant. And, you know, I got a super smoking deal on the, on the price of that one. So I went, and then of course it was the most amazing experience. And, you know, if you haven't been to Peru, it's absolutely magical. And Nicaragua sort of came about the same way because what I, I knew I wanted to do with my tours was to build something a little bit different different. So build something that, you know, you can't just fly to this place and do yourself. Um, we want to give people a, a real experience of the country on the inside, not from a tourist perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's pretty hard to do when you're just there for a couple of weeks. Um, but a friend of mine had gone there a couple of years ago. And we saw this video that he posted on, on his Facebook. And it was um, him serving lunch, him with a group serving lunch to people that live in a garbage dump in this town in Nicaragua. And um, just watched that and got in touch with him about where he'd stayed and what he had done. And it really kind of spoke to me. And it ended up working out because uh, we go to this amazing beach lodge in like rural Nicaragua. We stay there for um, about five or six days and it's a fishing village, like an active fishing village. So you're really among the locals. Um, we did last time we did the release of the baby sea turtles on a private beach. Like how amazing is that? Right. Um, you know, we've got sunrise uh, happening at 5 a.m. and the fishermen are coming in and the, and the tide is low and the sand is all reflective. So, I mean, like, Photography opportunities uh, abound there. It's absolutely outstanding. Um, and the best thing is that because we've planned it ourselves, uh, everything is is planned for the best light of the day. So we're always inside in the middle of the day and we're out shooting on the edges of the light. Um, so Nicaragua sort of was an accident and we've really come to fall in love with it. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds sounds like a good trip to me. I, I know I'm I'm always a little bit disappointed when I see an itinerary for a trip and it's basically the get in the van and shoot this tour. Um, right. And I, I wouldn't want to go on those, so I don't set those up myself. So that, that sounds like a lot more my speed, being in the same place and getting to know local people and, and that kind of stuff. Um, well, I know. I know there's a lot of tour companies that do smaller tours, you know, like um, G Tours and I think Intrepid and so on. But um, like if you just go to a regular travel agency sure. and um, we keep our tourists at maximum 12 um, so that there is a teaching element involved as well. Like I do some photo lessons, I do some image reviews and, um, you know, like we talk about like night photography in Nicaragua, we actually have done fire spinning on the beach. So some things that you can't do in, you know, places that have more rules. <laughs> kind of right, thing. Sure. So that's also one thing we like about Nicaragua is if you want to do it, we could probably make it happen. Nice. Very cool. Now, what, what's the percentage when, when you take a small group to Nicaragua, for example, I know on, on my tours, 
half the people are really interested and they want to have sort of a class and they want to learn things. And the other half seem to just kind of want to come along and kind of be in, a, in an amazing place. What's what's the percentage for, for your groups? Um, fairly high. I would say 70% want the classes and they want the, not so much of a workshop, but they want some some tutoring of some kind. Sure. Um, because the first time we did the workshop or the tour, we got feedback that said people wanted more help with things. And there wasn't a structured, you know, class time. Mm-hmm. So we built that into the second one and people said that they still wanted more. So um, I think because of of my site and who reads my site and that's who's coming along on the tours, they're sort of expecting, there's this expectation of that I'm going to be doing some teaching on the trip as well. Um, so we do incorporate as much of that as we can. We've also had spouses come along who are non-photographers and mm-hmm. come with their point and shoot. And we have enough activities and we do enough amazingly cool things that is for anybody even if you don't have your camera that they've had an amazing time too right right i think that's important we usually have on my costa rica trips we do the same thing we usually have eh, maybe you know a quarter of the group is is spouses and and non-photographers but but the you know it's a fun trip anyway so yeah exactly and my husband is a non-photographer so i mean he kind of hangs out with them if they want to you know do something or need assistance like on the next trip he might do a side um tour for anybody that's interested on their free day of some cigar places or some rum places because he's in into cigars and stuff and um that's big in nicaragua as well they have some of uh, the world's top rated cigars, which he didn't know till we got there. <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of build it really custom tailored to the people that are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, um, we do a really in depth questionnaire with everybody that's coming. So we have an idea of their skill level and what they're looking for. And then we do a group meeting when everybody arrives. So I'd ask them the same thing again, you know, why are you here? What is it that, that I can help you with? What are you struggling with? So that we can work on that right away. And I'm available for them to ask questions any time sort of thing nice great idea i'm gonna steal that (laughs) (laughs) now you were telling me that you like to quote give back end quote Mm -hmm. to the community during your nicaragua tour Um, tell me about that part of the workshop and how you decided to add something like that into your itinerary yeah, uh, indeed. Well, we the first place we, we stay in, in Granada, which is a really neat little colonial town, um, is a place called Hotel Con Corazon, which means hotel with heart. And we've really come to um, enjoy staying there, but also the their mission. They are actually a non-profit hotel, if you can believe it or not. Wow. They were formed by a group of... Um, Dutch guys that were doing some work in Nicaragua and they they bought a property, they made this hotel and it was all funded by investors and things that they got from um, from overseas in Europe and they built this thing and 100% of profits go back into educating and helping kids stay in school. They have a tutoring program and they work with two small schools in um, two rural villages to um, help educate people because the the dropout rate there is very high by about grade six, 60% of kids are out of school and they're working, you know, they're selling things in the market or what have you. And part of the way that you get people out of poverty is through higher education. So the, um, we, we really believe in their mission and what they do. And we've come to know the manager of the hotel in Granada really well. And him and his wife are great people. Um, interestingly enough, they're actually building, I think 10 more hotels around the world. Wow. 
Um, there's one going in in Oaxaca, Mexico. I think there's one going in in Cambodia. There's some planned for Africa. There's another one planned for um, another city in Nicaragua over the next, you know, several years. So if you're traveling at all, um, look up Hotel Concora Zone because they're going to be producing this network of um, a place where you can go and stay and actually make a difference just by booking a hotel room. Wow. So they're they're all nonprofit hotels that... Yep. That uh, work to support the community. That's that is extreme and, giving back for sure. And they employ locals. All the staff are locals, um, and they help educate their staff as well. So you know their staff are taking night classes, and they support them in that to help them, you know, learn English or complete their high school and things like that. So they're all about the education and and um, improving the life of the locals. Great. What's the what's the education system like in Nicaragua? Uh, do they have um, universities that they can go to, or, or how does they that work? They do. Yeah, they do. Um, there are some that are free. The the government ones are free, and then there are some of the private ones that are more expensive. Um, we've actually become friends with another fellow who is in medical school there, and because he was over thirty, he couldn't get in the government one. Hmm. So he's in a private one, which costs him a fair bit of money. And um, we're actually uh, some of our group was actually going to be helping him out with some of his expenses too so um there's lots of things that some of our groups have done like last group collectively pooled a bunch of money and bought the hotel concourse on a new projector because he did a uh, the manager did a presentation for us and we could see that his projector was pretty much on its last legs and um everybody pitched in and bought them a new projector and that's something they use at the schools and with the tutors and the kids as well nice that's so great it's really great when we can leave feeling like, okay, we've only been here for a little while, but we actually left something behind that's going to, to help people for a long time. Absolutely. And I think your your guests, your clients, um, that really helps them make a connection way beyond just bringing home photos or you know meeting local people. When you're actually participating in the local economy and the local you know, culture in that way. I think that's a really special thing for your guests. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things, like I mentioned, the people that live at the garbage dump, there's um, in Chinandega, it's another city in Nicaragua, there's about, I think there's three to 5,000 people that live in the dump now. And what happened was, um, I believe it was 1999, I want to say, there was a big hurricane in Nicaragua and there was mudslides all over the country and lots of villages were destroyed and people killed. And basically the the towns that were destroyed, if there was any survivors, they had nowhere to live. And so the government picked them up. Um, it's a you know corrupt government like lots of Latin American countries. And um, the government picked them up and put them in this place that they basically call the trio of, of hell, if I could say hell on <laughs> the podcast. Um, it's in between the cemetery, the garbage dump, and the sewage treatment plant. So this is where these people live. And they had no um, resources there. They had no infrastructure. They just put them on the land. So they literally live in lean-tos made of garbage and pieces of tin with you know plastic wrapped around. And that's their house. And the, how they make a living is they go pick garbage and they try and sell stuff that's reusable mm -hmm. to somebody else. And they've now got a school there. 
the group that we work with from Monty's Beach Resort um, has built a community center where they go and do meals a couple of times a week. And, and we take our group and we do a meal. And lots of our group have told us that that was their highlight of their trip. Sure. So totally getting involved, you know, seeing the seeing the abject poverty is a little bit shocking to some people. But um, it also makes you feel like you're doing something and you're seeing, okay, this is the real life, right? Um, we, we took school supplies into the school kids in there and they were so well behaved it was amazing um there was one of the school rooms we went in and the one teacher uh one girl and i agreed that we would not mess with that teacher <laughs> she was our <laughs> teacher either so no wonder she was they were all well behaved like we thought that she'd be smacking them with a ruler or something right uh, so that's another project that we work with. And what we did this time is with our group the first time around, we took photos of everybody there, pooled our, our images. I made a bunch of prints. I got them sponsored from a local lab so the prints were made for us. And I took a, a stack of about 300 prints. And some of these people have never seen photos of themselves ever. Like they probably don't have a mirror. And so the group that we took the second time got to pass out the pictures oh, to the people yeah. for, that were taken the last time and so to see their the joy in their faces of the moms who now have a picture of their children right. was was unbelievable and we'll do the same thing with the next group as well i'll collect images and take them back again oh that's great it's something that's so simple that we take for granted and in fact we don't even bother to print our pictures half the time because they're all on that's their computers the or our phones that's the thing. yeah Wow, that's such a big deal. And that's, again, that, that goes so much more towards having an experience in a place than just, okay, we're going to look at this and make a picture of this. Now get in the van. We're going to go look at another thing. Bingo. To actually participate in the community is such a such a, a big value. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, when I travel, um, my husband and I were discussing this the other night, we kind of travel differently than most people, I guess. Um, we don't do the resort thing and we don't do a lot of the prepackaged holidays. Um, in fact, I've only ever once took, uh, you know, a big tour to Turkey and I hated it because it was, like you said, so pre-structured. Sure. It drove me nuts. Um, but we get off the beaten path all the time. And in doing these tours, we're realizing that not a lot of people do that. There's there is fear around, you know, well, what if something happens or I don't know this country, I don't know this language. Um, so going with a group is a great way to do it, like like with our, what we do, um, because it's kind of safety in numbers, but it's small enough that it's still intimate. And you're absolutely right. You know, we want to have an experience of the place. But for me, the heartbeat of a country or a place is the people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think people want that on a workshop. They they want the, like you said, sort of the comfort of, I don't have to make all the decisions about where to stay and what to eat and, and all that kind of thing. So they need that from you as the, as the tour provider. But then to, to also provide such a rich experience is, is a... Uh, that's a big deal. That's great. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it was the experience that I had in Peru um, because everything was done for us. Like even the restaurants were handpicked and, you know, everything we saw and did and ate was absolutely amazing. And so I wanted to replicate and do that same kind of experience for people as well because um, I'd never seen it done anything like that before you know and and when you kind of travel yourself because I've done both you know like you know we've gone to Thailand and Southeast Asia and stuff and you kind of wing it by the seat of your pants sometimes and um, you know sometimes you, you don't get to see the inside of the country we try and stay at um, local homestays or bed and breakfast like when we went to Cuba we stay in stayed in casas I think Doug talked about that when you did uh, mm -hmm. right. talk with Doug K so that you get to actually interact with the locals a bit more as well. 
Absolutely. Well, speaking of Cuba, um, you're planning a Cuba tour for early next year. And I was wondering, there, you know, there's new rules for travel to Cuba from the U.S. Does that affect your planning at all or most of your clients from uh, well, it's it's a bit tricky. Yeah. See, I'm Canadian, so we can just hop on a plane and go. and <laughs> We don't have any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can get a direct flight from Toronto kind of thing. And I have talked to the lady that I work with through the um, travel company we work with for planning that trip. And she said it's still a bit of a sticky item. Um, it's opening up a lot more. And we did have one American fellow with us last time. But because we're a Canadian tour company, we're not able to get any kind of certification or fill the requirements needed for Americans. So you can come with us, absolutely, but you just have to kind of do the legwork and um, take the risk yourself. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So it's from what Doug was saying, uh, Doug said he was, his plane was the first one to land under the new uh, travel restrictions. Yeah, that's interesting. To like midnight 30 on the first day. (laughs) So, um, but he, I know, uh, you know, he's, he's, planned those trips a few times and and he said it was it was quite a bit different but there's still several hoops that you have to jump through well we, like i said here. we've been there twice and i've run into lots of americans down there so it's it's not that you can't go you know it's just challenging um you know like i think doug mentioned there's kind of two ways to go right you either get your license or you go with a license tour or you go in the sneak route in the back door right sure, right um and it's not that cuba doesn't want you to come there it's that the American government has placed restrictions, Absolutely. right? Because sure. a lot of people actually confuse that. So I just want them to be clear that once you get there, Cubans actually welcome you with open arms because your money is as good as anybody else's. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's another question. So, you know, most of the world can visit Cuba whenever they want to. And Americans, we have this these idealistic, you know, ideas about what we're going to see there and what our pictures are going to be like. So what what do you think? What's the big deal? Is it is it that much different than other Caribbean islands or or what? Well, I haven't been to any other Caribbean islands, but to compare to Nicaragua, for example, um, we went to Cuba first and then we didn't went to Nicaragua. And our first comment when we got to Granada in Nicaragua was that it looks like Cuba, only less falling down. <laughs> right. Yeah, I kid you not. Uh, less, less, less falling down and cleaner, um, because there's there's lots of history in both places. There's lots of Spanish influence on the architecture in both places, sure. but. Uh, I think Doug mentioned it, you know, and you see sort of these iconic old Havana buildings that are crumbling because they're just everywhere, right? They, the buildings are from the 50s and they don't have money or even the supplies to fix them up. So they actually, we learned from one of our tour guides there that when a building falls down in Havana, they have a bylaw that you can't build another building there. It turns into a park. So yeah. if, you're wa- if you're walking through old Havana and you see a park, there was a building there once upon a time. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, good to know. I, I definitely want to check it out. Uh, I've got to get down there um, at some point, hopefully next year. So maybe I'll go with you in uh, January. So Cool. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to wrap up the episode with my usual five questions. And the first two are kind of together. So All right. what's your, your current photo gear setup and how has that changed in the last year? Oh, that's a good one because um, in since November, um, I actually picked up myself a Fuji X-T1. Mm-hmm. So I'm a Canon girl from way back. Um, you know, I used to use medium format film cameras back in the day. So I've used big cameras, including four by fives. And I've always been Canon. I have a Canon 5D Mark III and all the big lenses and all that stuff. And I used to haul them all. And I've just been doing this for so long. I got tired of hauling all so much heavy stuff when I travel particularly. So I did a bunch of research. I pulled the pulled the 
pulled the uh, trigger, trigger and yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> and uh, went with the Fuji uh, based on a few people's recommendations. And what really sold me on it was I went to the store and I picked it up and it felt intuitive to me because I come from a film background because right. there, there was actually knobs and dials and buttons and, and an aperture ring on the lens, which really had me excited. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, for really geeky stuff. But um, I picked up that camera with the uh, 18 to 135 lens, which the combination is, is actually waterproof. Mm -hmm. And I've tested that. I've stood in the pouring rain and it performed no problems. And then I also picked up the 35 1.4. So basically, that's my travel kit now. Two really simple lenses. Um, oh, and I just got the fun uh, Rokinon 8mm, which is cool. I was playing with that in Vegas. Yeah. So that's my travel kit. And for you know, for me now, I can go with a camera with one lens on, two small lenses, and like a bag the size of my purse instead of a massive backpack. Yeah. So big change. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I shoot the Lumix stuff, and it was the same thing. I sold the the bag full of full frame Nikon gear, gosh, two years ago, and uh, it's a whole different experience when you're on the road. And you don't feel like you have to have a a burrow to carry your things for you. you know? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Or my husband is complaining because he's the Sherpa. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Well, what do you do on the road to make your hotel room feel like a home away from home? Ah. <sighs> <laughs> I I tend to unpack right away. <laughs> That's just me. Um, if I'm staying in a place for more than you know two nights, I like to unpack everything. Yeah. Um, I also have I've taken some advice from people who are like really serious travelers, and I started to I bought some good luggage, um, and I bought some of these travel cubes where you can put your luggage into these little compartments inside, um, yes. like your clothes inside the compartments, and they're like color coded, so you can have like pants in one, shirts in one, you know, your underwear in another one, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I find those are really helpful, especially when you're on a tour where maybe you're you're picking up and going every two days. Right. Um, so I guess just for me being organized being able to find my stuff um, makes me feel at home. Nice. Well, you're you're almost the 30th person that I've asked that question, and you're the first person to answer the same way that I would, <laughs> which, uh <-huh>. is, which <laughs> is that. So I, I always unpack, and I use those packing cubes because you just throw those in the drawer, and you're unpacked. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, from a photography standpoint, what's your favorite place that you visited lately? Lately? Um, my mom... Well, I mean, I spent 10 weeks in Nicaragua. We we did our tour and then we stayed for 10 weeks. So um, I'm pretty pretty accustomed to the scenery there. And I'm personally, I'm really drawn to anything Latin American right now, um, going back to potentially Peru in the fall. Um, I love the architecture. There's always something interesting. Um, the, uh, the people are great. You know, there's the music, the food. So besides the photography stuff, um, I just love the places. So that... All of Latin America? <laughs> is that, is that, <laughs> that narrows it down. Cool. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Great. Well, where are you looking forward to visiting and shooting next? Uh, potentially Peru in September. And um, we were planning to go to Japan this this spring, but it didn't work out time-wise. Um, just, just for an actual holiday <laughs> ourselves. Wow. So no computers, like no people coming with us. So that's probably been bumped to spring of 2016, but I'm looking forward. I have a couple of friends there, including Martin Bailey um, that I know in Tokyo and another friend in Tokyo. So I'm looking forward to go see some friends there. And I've always wanted to go and, you know, see the snow, the snow monkeys in the hot tub thing. Sure. <laughs> of course. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I used to have uh, vacations. They were fun. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a big sushi fan. So that's high on, that's high on my list. Nice. 
Very cool. Well, thanks for being on the show, Darlene. Where can listeners find out more about you online? Well, definitely digitalphotomentor.com. And if you want to find out about Nicaragua, it's just digitalphotomentor.com slash Nicaragua, and I'll get you there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at DPU Mentor. I don't tweet a lot, but if you tweet me, I'll respond. And um, on Facebook at Digital Photo Mentor. Cool. And I'll be sure to include all those in the show notes so everybody can find you. Well, thanks a lot, and I will uh, talk to you soon. Thanks so much. It's been fun. And if you like what you hear on your itinerary, please tell all of your friends about it and stop by iTunes and leave us some positive feedback. And don't forget to look us up on Twitter at Your Itinerary. And thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography.